Yes, people, what is going on? Welcome back to Above the Knee podcast. We've been busy recently. We have been re- busy, but we have got, as always, my man Jay. Jay, how are you, bro? Looking forward to this. I'm good. He's buzzing for this one. He's, he's more excited than he sounds, I'm telling you. And we welcome <laughs> more than you believe. How are you, bro? More than you believe. <laughs> Pep Guardiola, what do you believe? Yeah, but I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me, guys. Um, me and James have been talking about this for a while, so I'm excited to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Buzzing, man. So what have what, what you been up to, bro? What have you been up to? Um, bit of this, bit of that, as always. I've always floated around doing different things. Um, bit of editing here. Um, just dropped a video for the African Cup of Nations. Just a roundup of the stories, the different teams, the different elements of what that uh, tournament brings to football and sport. Um, and then behind the scenes, I've been doing a lot of work with my business partner, Drew Diamond, with um, Sterling Talent Management. Um, we've just recently announced two new clients, Erica Cunningham at Blackburn and Lauren Briggs at Durham. So, yeah, it's been a busy time for us, um, as well as me personally as well. So, you know, just trying to get my foot in the door, keep progressing, keep learning. So, yeah, that's me. I think um, we'll break we'll break the conversation up into two parts. We'll do like you as a creative, and then like the management side of things. Because I got I got questions, bro. I got I got questions. <laughs> <laughs> not they're not bad questions. I'm just um, I'm, I'm in, on a seat today. I'm on I mean? seat. Yeah. Um, but I just want to say first of all, you just obviously mentioned your edit there. Love that edit. Um, it's really good to see like I want Siri. Good to see like someone producing stuff about the Afcon that isn't punching jokes at it because that's what I felt like at the beginning yeah people were sort of just taking a mick which was annoying and it ended up I feel like it won people over massively and I feel like the piece you guys put out um yeah was really was really powerful and summarized it really nicely so so props on that um thank you your editing how did you what's your editing process like I'm always like my process. Like I watched, I watched the one you did for your um for BCOMs. And how do you sit down in front of an edit with all these mm-hmm. clips and go, this is the vision? Um funny enough, if you saw my timelines, yeah, it's the messiest <laughs> thing. The messiest thing ever, like all over the place. And when I first started editing, I intentionally had all my clips in different roles and stuff because I felt like mm. it looked like I was doing more. But now it's more streamlined and stuff. But my editing process, it changes. So um, as both of you will be aware, you can take inspiration from anything. Um, different people obviously have different ideas on how they do things. You can draw inspiration from there. So um, for me personally, it's just looking at what I've seen other people do or what I've seen on TV, what I've seen on socials and see what works best for me. Can I do that? Or can I put my own spin on it kind of thing? So um, with the B-Commerce one, for example, shout out to my to Miles, who both of you will know already. Um, he's helped me a lot with my vision and stuff like that as well. So like he will always critique my work, tell me um, what I can do better, how I can change things. And, and he will really push me to um, do the best I can and stuff like that. So. It's just having, I feel like it's a collection of taking inspiration from different things, but having a good base of friends and stuff. Because even the work that you two do, I can draw inspiration from that. And then you two can give me advice and stuff that I'm doing as well. So it's just a collection of those two things. Um, I don't know, this might be a bit of a nerdy question, but I know you, I know you two will have, will have it as well. But <laughs> since you've started editing, like this is, this is for both of you, Jay, so Jay, get involved. Do you like you were just saying you watch things and you're inspired? 
do you find yourself watching like series and films and other pieces of work like much more critically and it's gone for me especially it's gone from okay I watch a I watch a program instead of going oh the story's quite good or the acting's good I'm like sick at it I'm like that I'm like that transition was sick my girlfriend's like what are you talking about and I'm like rewind it I'm like look I'm like look how cool that shot is and then the edit like the transition into the next scene I'm like that is unreal and she'd be like just just play the program you know like, what are you doing? <laughs> and it's just like it's like a new I don't know if it's because I'm having like being self-taught I realise how difficult things are and I have something in my head. I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, love this transition. Let me try that. Or I love this sort of overlay. Let me try that. And I can't do it. Scroll for YouTube, still can't do it. And I'm like, bro, these people are like crazy talented. Mm-hmm. And from like, <laughs> not lying, but like saying in interviews, oh yeah, I can edit. And it's like, okay. <laughs> 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 more times all I'm doing uh, is split that split that clip yeah drag this one yeah that looks all right <laughs> and then from from doing that like you want to get confidence in that going forward like I, I just I feel like I see everything mm-hmm. like from consuming content like the whole creative process now I'm so critical and I'm just so I take everything in mm-hmm. Jay do you want to go first no okay I'll go I don't know I think some, especially being a creative, sometimes you'll see something and you'll say, have they copied me? Just because you you think your brain's done that. But Bro, like, I do that, all that, the time. Is, that is creativity. Like everyone, everyone else could have the exact same thought, but it's just everyone's doing it in different kind of ways. So I think that's the thing. Sometimes, you know, you're like invested in something when you're like, that looks like something I do. It's not what mm. you've done, but it kind of gets your mind going. And then you watch things and you just think, how can I do that? Mm. I think... That's why inspiration is so important. It's like you are seeing it from somewhere, but like you're then thinking, how am I going to do it? And I think just like certain certain like TV shows, like BBC Three, what's it called? Young Philly did the Hot Property. Mm. I think the best part of that show was the editing. Like they always mm. had like like you know they were in After Effects going ham, like just little things where they'll like do like a like electric sign or how they would like group up the houses and stuff like that. And it's like tiny edits like that make it so much more than what it is so i think it's always great to get inspiration from different things i agree with both of you liam it's funny that you mentioned like watching films and stuff because i remember just out of the first lockdown i went to go watch tenet in cinema and when i say my mind was blown not because of like the film so to speak just the editing process i'm like how are you filming a film and you have things going in reverse and normal time Mm. at the same time and mm. when I was trying to understand that whole process, I was like, yeah, that is crazy to think about. Like, how are people at that level? So when I when you look at stuff now, as you touched on, like, you try to not only draft different inspiration from them, but then you appreciate the whole concept even more. Because if you ask me what my favourite film was 10 years ago, obviously I know loads of films have come out since then. I would have told you a certain film, but it would be for a different reason as opposed to what my favourite film is now. Because I'm looking at everything completely differently. Do you reckon you do you reckon you can like pull, not pull, um, like could you put, could you group your inspirations? Like in my head, like I know two like major things that I try and inspire my style around, and I'm 100 percent not there, but like I'm making steps to get towards that. And it'll be when I've got this perfect blend of being able to do them, I'll be like, yeah, like this is my this is going to be like my trademark. 
and like, I'm still on the journey to get there, of course, but could you say like there's, oh, I like this director or I like this style and be like, yeah, this is the style I'm trying to emulate and put my stamp on? Um, yeah, 100%. Um, do you want me to say names? Do you want me to... Yeah, let's go names. Yeah. Let's go names. Go okay, so um, in terms of, so like with the sports stuff I do in particular, um, having it, what I try to do is keep it content-based but have some sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Some sort of visual that's minimal, minimalist because I'm a very minimalist person, but it does look good at the same time. So, for example, the Players Tribune, their pieces that they put out, their video mm. pieces, it's straight to the point. It's not really gimmicky, but it's still produced at the best possible quality it can be. You know what I mean? So, um, I definitely draw inspiration from them. But then to narrow it down to another person, I don't know. There's loads of people that I take inspiration from. It's weird. So um, I'll always take little pieces from other people. It's crazy. Jay, what about you? Uh, what's it called? There's there's two guys on YouTube. Uh, there's a guy called Jimmy Highroller. And he does kind of like really in-depth kind of basketball videos. So he'll be like, mm. why Steph Curry's not shooting right? And he'll go through like the last 20 games on a Thursday that he played bad and link it together. And it's just that kind of, you're just gripped, but he doesn't, mm. he doesn't show his face. Like it's just how he kind of moves from image to image, uses stills and stuff like that. I really like that. And official FNG on YouTube and he does the football this week. I took a lot of inspiration from that. Like when I used to do like YouTube videos, it was just, this is what's happened this week. And he's playing FIFA at the same time, but he's getting lots of memes and he's getting lots of football images. And I think that is some of the greatest content I've seen on YouTube, just the way how he's able to give so many. He uses a lot of images, but he doesn't make it boring. So those mm. are the main two that I get my inspiration from. So, you know, you know what? This is going to sound like a bit mad, but especially when it's like one used to try to do like football edits. So when I was at City, I'd like try package goals together in non-highlights. Do you remember like... Um, old school cool cooler duty edits like the quick scope no scopes yeah edits. yeah yeah like i used to think like because you could get a hundred i could watch 100 shots in honestly like 30 seconds mm. and i was like boom like i've got loads of stuff there like now i'm inspired to go play never could i was a trash player not gonna <laughs> <laughs> so bad like i came to call of duty late i wasn't like a shooting game so yeah i'm trash but i still used to watch it so i was always like oh how can i fit that into like put sports into that sort of thing and it's really like it's hard and like i still can't really do it now but that like i love like anime and like the over edited almost like mm. sound effects like mm. and it probably seems ridiculous and then like going from that to like the tarantino because he's sort of gone from okay anime western like the old kung fu sort of films and he's put it into like real people and I was like, if I can get like between the trifecta of them three styles, I was like, bro, like I will be, I'll be so happy with my work to be able to bash out like an edit of Sterling's goals looking like that. And I'll be like, yeah, mm. this, this is the one. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing though. Like, take take the three of us. We've all we're all working within similar fields, all have similar interests, but our vision and our interpretation of what we think looks best but our editing style is all different. So like I can draw from what you two are doing and you can draw from what I'm doing and stuff, but then we all have our own vision. So it's just really, it's really good to see that like 
there's a, a bigger audience of creatives putting out their own content rather than having to push through a certain platform and then it's molded by that platform, but they've just done it kind of thing. So there's a lot more freedom with creatives now, um, especially black creatives, which I like to see. I think that's my, like you said, everyone, all of us have just said, we're all, like you said, we're in the same sort of field. Everyone's doing different things. This is why my main thing is like, we're not, I'm not, we're not vying for the same places. Like it used to be, especially like when you're younger and you see it and it's like, okay, there's big names and you, you should be competing against these people. It's like, I don't feel like now, especially, I don't need to be competing with anyone. Like we can, we can be collaborative and everyone can get where they want to be. And it's like, I think it's more so how <clears throat> like our parents, especially, it was a job. So everyone is trying to get the same job. But now with so many people creating freelancing or just doing things where they like it, like we're not all vying for the same job now. So every, everyone can succeed. Like, and I think that's making content so much better. Like, I feel like in the last probably what two years, I've connected with so many people like yourselves. Um, and like it's it's so much more like inspiring to see and inspiration for your own work. Like I've only got better from connecting with people it's instead of being like oh no you can't you can't use i don't want you to see my stuff or i don't want you to do this like and it's such like a strange mindset especially like talking to friends who aren't in the creative industry or aren't creatives and it's like okay their job is very i've got to get the promotion but steven who sits next to me he also wants this promotion so now we're both against each other and like the collaboration i think especially i don't know how you found it over the past two years i think it's been sensational uh, massively massively good for me personally as as bad as covid has been like for obvious reasons like a small advantage is that people have been able to find people that wouldn't might not have interacted with had we had not been in that situation um i mean when me and james done our documentary for example that was created in a space where i had time to think about what i wanted to do mm. during lockdown so if we wasn't in lockdown, would we have made it then? Probably not, because obviously we had our own lives and through what we was doing and stuff. So um, there is a lot of small advantages you can take out of something like that, where we've all created and all collabed with each other. Like our Twitter family has grown exponentially, as you said. Mm. Like it's crazy to think about that kind of aspect of your life has come from something that you would never have tied to together. You mentioned documentaries there. Let's let's talk documentaries. That's something like I'm I'm crazy interested in, but I just have no. I feel like I wouldn't even know where to start. How did you How did you guys find like creating a documentary from like inception all the way through? Um, I think it just takes James on a whim. Like <laughs> I have this idea. What do you think about it? And it just went from there. But um, we didn't have any idea on like how to start or anything. Um. Like I just said it, I say loads of things in terms of creative stuff, like, oh, let's do this, let's do that. But in terms of the documentary, I think it was just both of us at the same time had the same thought that, like, we enjoyed women's football, we like women's football, we have a... So James obviously tied to Arsenal women and stuff. I was looking at it from more of a neutral space. But we both wanted to learn more about it. So it was like, why not mix it to create something that other people like us who are in a similar position can learn about it but we can also do something that produces good content as well so um 
yeah, we just got the ball rolling. I think it was in the summer of 2020. Um, started reaching out to people, um, getting advice from different people, then started focusing on who we wanted to interview and how we wanted to do it. Um, but yeah, it was a it was crazy time. It was a crazy time to think we've done it in about 10 months. I was having a conversation with someone the other day. From start to finish, we've done it in about 10 months, um, which is not that long of a time if you think about it. So mm. yeah, it was weird to think that we just started from me texting James on a whim. What do you think of this idea? And then we just had the ball rolling from there. What, what do you reckon, James? Are you, are you the same? Yeah, I just think I think that's that's how more people should be in terms of creativity. Sometimes it's just that's my guy. If he's got this kind of idea, I like it. Let's just do it. Because I think sometimes yeah. the idea of a documentary sounds massive and it makes you feel like, oh, this is gonna be really expensive, or this is gonna be really hard, or we don't have this, we don't have that. But it's like sometimes you just need to go out there and do something because it's like then you have a finished product and then it's mm. something that we can still watch and we can still learn from. And the best thing, I think the best thing about the documentary was just how much you would learn from it and just hearing yeah. from people that you wouldn't necessarily hear from. Because I think sometimes women's football can be a bit of, you hear about the biggest and the biggest and then you don't really hear about the rest of the people. And so many people join up together in a collective effort to make women's football what it is. And I think we spoke to a lot of people that were huge parts of it, but you have to know about women's football to know about them. So I think that was the best part of it. I mean, I've been, I've definitely been guilty of doing, having an idea and then instead of just going for it, like you just create like excuses and boundaries in your own head. Mm. Like, oh, I haven't got this or I won't be able to do this. And it's just like, just do it. And then if it doesn't happen on the, like, you always have that process. So for the next time, you can do X, Y, Z. Um, and I feel like, like especially with like lockdown, that's happened massively. Like, even like with Photoshop and like stuff that me and mm. you spoke about, Jay, like, like stuff like that used to like proper scare me. And I was like, because I could just have someone in the office or I go, oh, I can quickly do this. Mm. And they do it in a second. And you think, yeah, whatever, cool. I I've never been in a position where I've got to do it myself. But like just being forced to follow something through almost has been a massive benefit. Um, right, I'm, I'm gonna let's go. Let's go football. Let's go football because this is this is a football podcast. You know, um, <laughs> I'm not not sure when this is this is gonna come out, so it might it might be a little bit dated. But let's we've got to talk lioness, line, the lionesses team, Jay. Like, we've got to talk it. It's, it's dominated Twitter on the day of it came out. What what are we thinking? I, I know you'll be happy to see Jordan Nobs back. Yep. <laughs> I, I love it. Positive I think this, I've got my diplomatic hat on, so it's fine. I think it is just a case of with the Arnold Clark Cup, it is a very new tournament, first time it's ever happened. So, with a new tournament, there's no pressure. So, I would have just liked to see new faces because there is no risk. You saw, because I think. In the qualifiers this year, we saw the team that is probably going to the Euros. So mm. therefore, this was a free shot. This was a free hit. You have all these games at once that you could just rotate. You could have taken a completely different squad. And if it didn't work out, you had already seen the team that you wanted to see during the qualifiers. So there was no risk. But sadly, 
it is just very samey, samey, same old. Happy to see Jordan Nobbs back. Happy to see Alessia Russo and stuff like that. Hannah Hampton, sick. But I just think sometimes we don't always need our legacy players. I think mm. we already know Jill Scott, Ellen White, players like that. We know they're going to turn up. We know they're going to the Euros and they're going to represent every single time. So let's just give people that haven't had that chance yet to prove themselves. Because you've got players like Molly Bartrip, Ashley Neville, Myla Tissier that have been doing really well. Hannah Blundell doing really well. It shows where they are in the table. They've been consistent. Like, sometimes you want players... Sometimes it would be just great to see an international team based on form. Not on what mm. I know you can do, but I've seen you show this entire season that you've been solid defensively. You've helped your team. You should get rewarded for that. But sadly, that hasn't happened but I'm not the coach, so it is what it is. You know what? I, I said, I tweeted something the other day that contradicts that massively. I said, I was like, I'm sick of football being, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, and you know what? When it, comes, when it comes to like picking a team and uh, like selection for like either your, like your, your club and it's your starting 11 or your country's like tournament squad, it does sort of, I'm gonna it does contradict what I say because it is sort of what have you done for me lately? You need to pick the most informed players. Mm. But uh, going back to my point before everyone's like, you're an idiot. Like you can't <laughs> pick the whole team based on what have you done for me lately or not on what have you done for me lately. Um mine was more about the comparisons people comparing. But like you said, I feel like the Ellen White's I've, obviously Steph's not there but I do think if she's fit she will go to the Euros mm. um, these are players that I feel like it's a trust thing you know you can trust these players they've been there before um, but I, I don't envy the gaffer at all like, I don't I think it is a very hard job and with the WSL being as competitive as it's ever been I'd go as far as saying like, or since I've watched it this is the most competitive mm. Uh, season we've had and maybe before Christmas I wouldn't have said that I, I thought it but then it did look like okay Leicester and Birmingham are really struggling here and then Birmingham beating Arsenal and sort of was like the turning point mm-hmm. and you're like oh actually everyone can beat everyone and it's the, the season developed that and I, I, I kind of wish it was a longer season to be honest with you um, but yeah it is, it's, it's a very tough position to be and we're going to go now with our Euro squad, essentially, for the Arnold Clark. And it's like, this is the... Per- like, we've had the qualifiers. Everyone would have scouted them teams. Okay, like, we're not bringing any surprises now. And then it's like, okay, we're going to go to this tournament, same sort of team. So all these teams know what we're doing. And it's like, okay, we're going to bring, we're going to bring Steph back. Okay, there's years of footage of Steph, like... That's a scouts field day, like, and I just don't think that's going to be great for us as a country. Like, I feel like that's what the men's team did quite well a few years ago. Southgate came in, and everyone was like, "Oh, Southgate struggled at Middlesbrough. Like, what's going on here?" And he caught a lot of people off guard. Um, so yeah, I feel like regardless of the quality, I feel like from a tactical standpoint and doing the same thing, it, it could it could leave us in a bit of a a place of vulnerability. Yeah, absolutely. using the same teams. I, I feel like, um, like 
I understand James's frustration because I feel like, especially now, England football, they're in a position where they have a lot of upcoming or informed players, but we're kind of like stunting their growth or limiting their potential because we're not allowing them to play internationally. I feel like even the last qualifiers that England had, you could have picked, you could have chose a few players who haven't had um, international debuts and stuff like, like that yet already within that team. So I feel like constantly picking the same players over and over again is almost limiting the potential of the players that are up and coming already. So I can understand the frustration. Like, as, as James Jay said, this is no risk, um, this tournament now. Like, there's barely any risk at all. Like, obviously, if you lose all your games and stuff, people will scrutinise you and stuff like that. But if you have a few new players in there, so, like, if you're looking at form-wise, Nikita Paris isn't in the best form right now. You're telling me there isn't someone there who could have done the Jeff same Park. job. <laughs> the same <laughs> job, if not if not better. <laughs> Jess Park is a good example of that. But you're telling me she's not going to be, be able to do the same output as Nikita Paris based on her form right now. That's not a definite answer. So um, I feel like we've missed a trick here. Hopefully it doesn't hinder England in the future, but you could easily see how we could. And the thing is, it's all well and good saying we're bringing up pretty much our Euros team. If England was happened to lose every game they played because they're facing mm. the top talents, then what? That mentally, you would go into the Euros thinking, well, in our Without chest, our best, then it weren't good. Yeah. And the thing is, a lot of teams haven't brought their best. At the end of the day, Germany, maybe eight key players aren't going out of injury or just haven't been brought. Christine Sinclair hasn't gone for Canada and she's a big part of what Canada do. Spain haven't brought all of their best players and they've given some young players a chance. You've got to think about it like Jewel Brand, 90, Lena Oberdorf, 20, Laia Alexandri, she's 20, Spain. They bring in youth. Like, I think the youngest player the youngest players that England are bringing is Lauren Hemp, 21, and Hannah Hampton, 21. Sometimes you just got to shake it up because the last thing you want is to have a really bad loss at the Arnold Clark Cup and then think, what happens next? Because mentally, mm. it will be in your head. It will be in the other team's head. Like, they've brought their Euros team and we've beat them. Yeah, that, that's what I think. You like, don't want that. For us to be able to be like, like I know, but when I see the team, I, like are oh, the announcements thing, and if it's if it's like a follow through or a click through page onto the FA's website, I pretty much know the team, maybe mm. like with one or two exceptions, and it's like, oh, I didn't know, and it's not that, oh my god, I can't believe this person's included. It's why is this person not included at all? And it's like, oh, okay, injury, and I feel like if I can predict that, and I'm just a fan, if it's someone's job, like. They're going to have full dossiers on everything. and mm. you, But you know what? Thinking about it, if we go to Yano Clark and we struggle and it isn't pretty and we've got teams like really, and we're just not looking cohesive or anything, it's like this team is tired. Like we need some sort of influx. Like maybe it could be super exciting. Maybe this could be, it could be a really good thing to not perform very well. And then we're forced to make that decision and go, you know what? I'm going to have to bring the informed players because I've tried this team and fair enough, the qualifiers are okay, but the, they're not the best. They're not the best of the best. Whereas now we're playing the top teams and we're not good enough. What can we do? And yeah, I feel like the, 
I don't want to say the worst thing can happen, but like it wouldn't be, I don't think it'd be a great thing for us to go and, and win it. Like I really don't. Like you said, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, oh, it's frustrating. It's very yeah. weird because you want to win, yeah. but at the same time. It's the performances it's... that matter more than anything else. Exactly. Mm. I'm I'm worried. I'm very worried because <sighs> yeah, I saw a tweet and it said Man City have brought nine players. And Spain, no, Man City have like nine players in the England team. Spain have nine players from the Barcelona team. Barcelona's the greatest team in the world <laughs> right now. Running into them, it's not going to be easy. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, I think it is a bit of worrying because you don't know what other teams are going to do. But at the same time, England have still put out a great team. But you just want to surprise teams a bit. And yeah. Yeah, if we don't, I think do having it. Ellie Roebuck is back is massive. Like, yeah, that was as as a City team. fan, like we missed her so bad. Like, and mm. when it got to the point, um, I'd like, I'd spoken, and she was like, "I don't know when I'm gonna be. I'm back. I'm allowed back on grass." And this wasn't too long ago. There was like no, there was no essentially no timeline for when she's gonna be back for injury, and I was worried. Mm. I was like. Yeah, was... I I don't I I don't trust the other goalkeepers like I trust Ellie sort of thing. So having having her back, I think is like a huge boost. But again, she's she's not a surprise inclusion. Like if she's yeah. fit, she's going. Attacking wise, I'm really excited to see what England can do. You have Frank Kirby, Lesia Russo, Ella Toon, Lauren Hemp, all in one team. So that means at least we know mm. we can hurt teams. I just, I don't agree with Rachel Daly being one of the defenders. I think you have an incredible attacking talent. Why make them defend when you're going to make them defend against the best attackers in the world? That just doesn't, it just doesn't sound like it's the safe option to do. And obviously she'll give 100%, but let's go to this tournament playing players where they should play. Let's not try and redo that. If you want to look at it deeper, having Rachel Daly in that defender's position is taking it from someone else Mm -hmm. who actively plays there as well. Mm -hmm. So it just goes to what we're saying in terms of you're stunting someone's growth. Like May Letitia for Brighton, she's been playing wing-back mostly this season because Brighton's been playing with a back five. Are you telling me she couldn't play in the same position that Rachel Daly's been playing? Mm -hmm. Rachel Daly can play further up the field. So, again, it's just a situation of having a good balance like don't just have loads of players because of experience and stuff mm. don't be afraid to throw in a few raw talents like the men's are doing for example we've incorporated Saka and so forth and Gareth Southgate first came in and whatnot and look how they're able to flourish so I feel like you just need to take a bit more risk to the England team and see what happens I don't I, I think I think it is a very a very hard job I don't yeah, I don't massive. I don't um Mainly because of where women's football is at the moment. Um, it being a home Euros, yeah, it's not it's not an easy job at all. And I, I don't think I don't think people would have been banging on the door for it. I think it's sort of well, it could be a poison chalice, really. Mm. Wicked job sort of thing, but at the same time, you pick a team that's not not amazing, it flops to the Euros. Are you gonna be there after the Euros? Like, I, I don't know. I don't think so. You look at Germany in 
2006 at their World Cup, took a gamble a bit, and he, the manager was gone. Lur took over, who was the assistant. And it's like, it, it, it's, it's just a tough, tough game, man. It don't get easier. So it don't get less stressful. Like, I'm supposed to be looking forward to the Euros, and I'm just, I, I find myself worrying with every every announce, squad announcement, if it's not how I'm feeling, or if I see a few people point out stuff to me, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that, they're right. Like, they're, I didn't think that, but they're right. And that is, that's, it's a tough, it's a tough, um, it's a tough old game. It's pressure, so much pressure. When you think, and then even as fans, you get nervous because it's like, it's in our backyard. Like, we're probably going to go to almost every game, like, mm. the vibe. And, you know, a lot of eyes is going to be on this England team. So it's like, you want to put the best foot forward because you know the other teams are. And teams like Germany that have won it like seven times. I, I, they're my biggest, they're my biggest threats. But I'm also scared that Norway is in the exact same group as us. Mm. So you kind of feel like people dragging breathing down your neck. I feel like people have almost ignored them as well. It's, they shouldn't. Well, no, not ignore, <laughs> not no, not ignoring them. That's that's the wrong word. But like, aren't like aren't acknowledging yeah. that they that they could be their problem. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's an example of uh, women's football fans in England is they were undermining Barcelona in the Champions League last season. They did. So they did. Know, <laughs> they did. <laughs> they they undermined Barcelona yeah. twice because they undermined them in the semi-finals with uh, Man City as well. Mm. So I feel like a lot of people from from Bar- like when we were watching Barcelona because I, I I was guilty of it to be fair, but only because. I just back City so hard. I can't, <laughs> I can't not. But if you're not really massively watching Barcelona, you see him in the Champions League final a few years prior. Yep. And that's what's in your head. Mm. When you're not watching a team week in, week out, and you're not really... It's quite hard to tarnish like a loss like that. Like I bet a lot of European football fans who aren't as much in the WSL probably think like, Chelsea aren't really on crud. Like Chelsea yeah. got swept swept aside. Yeah. And it is it's hard to it is hard to consume all like as many leagues as some people do. Like I'm I'll 100 percent hold my hands up and say, like, yeah, fine. It is very hard. But yeah, it is the whole Barcelona factor and <laughs> the Spain squad being made up of a number of Barcelona players. Yeah. Should it it should it should be worrying for a lot for a lot of people. <laughs> And you got to think, like, just where are the rest of the Barcelona players playing? That's the thing. Caroline mm. Graham Hansen, Barcelona, she's at Norway. Any, if you've got a Barcelona descendant upon you, like, <laughs> we're going to have to look at that You're going to be all right. Yeah. You're going to so be, be okay. I'm excited. I'm excited to just see what Republic of Ireland do. That'll be, that'll be really cool. Because they've, they've got no pressure. Mm. I heard they can just enjoy themselves. Yeah. So... They can go into every single game saying we're here. That's it. I think mm. teams that kind of have that we're here vibe, like they can be very annoying because teams just expect to like sweep past them, and then it's like, no, we're not, we're not just going to move over for you either. And then that could you could see them get a few sneaky wins as well. AJ, I've just caught I've just caught a glimpse of it in my my own room. I just want to talk to you about yours. Um... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're, 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 I'm scared. Um, now, what have you seen? What now? Nah, one to watch. One to watch earlier in the earlier in the year. Oh, okay, okay. Last <laughs> last year, 
how 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 did how was you? How did you feel about that? Was it what what were your thoughts upon being nominated? Um I wasn't expecting it to be honest. I got the emails as I'm sure you did before they released the um announcements and stuff, just randomly in the evening. I was like that I've been nom- that I've got the award and I was like I couldn't believe it. Like obviously it's always a privilege to be recognized for the work you do and stuff. But um having someone like the football blacklist acknowledge you and, and the work you do and stuff. Like me and James have been speaking about <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Me and Jay have been speaking about football blacklist for a number of years before I even got nominated or anything. And it was on our list of things we wanted to be able to uh, win and stuff. Um, mm. Obviously, James is coming next year, obviously, um, providing everything goes well. Um, but yeah, it was just like a mad surprise, but obviously an honour at the same time as well. And uh, I'm just happy to be in the mix with the likes of you, Liam, and everyone else that was nominated with us um, who won the award. Um, it, so yeah, it was I a very, just, strong, very strong class, weren't it? I wanna, it I was very strong, I if, very strong. I don't know if that's a super US thing to say, but... Yeah, it's very like a draft. It's very US, isn't it? Yeah, like a draft class. That's that's exactly my thought process when I said it. Any anyone could have been number one pick, you know. Yeah, any one of us could be number one pick. Just happy to be lottery picks. But yeah, but with with winning the the award, I don't know if you're the same, Liam. Like it's just like now I've got the the. It's almost like a. So as I said to Jay when I when I first won, it's like a, a nice acknowledgement of where I am and what I've done. But like now I have to build on it kind of thing. I can't just be mm. like, oh, I've won this award and want to watch and then let me just rest here kind of thing. I've yeah. Because like, obviously it's one to watch, not the, the final, you're the final project kind of thing. So yeah. you've got to give people a reason to continue watching you. So it comes with the extra incentive to be motivated and push out more stuff as well. I felt like it was, for me, I, I really, like having something tangible mm. for like for all your hard work was just like, it was like, it was a bit of a relief, you know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it's just like, and especially like, I feel like some other years when I haven't been nominated, I've been a bit like, oh, probably, I, I feel like I could have been, I could have been in that one sort of thing, or I felt like I should have. Um, but then, yeah, like, I'm, I was a bit like, yeah, you two, I want, I, it was something that was on my radar to be ticked off and then, I was like, oh, it got to the point. I was like, maybe. I was like, maybe it's sent to me. Maybe it's just not going to happen. <laughs> you, know what? You, know really, like... you know what's really funny? Um, what you said, Liam, you, like, you, was, you thought you would win it sooner and stuff. Like, last year, because of the documentary and stuff, I felt, oh, okay, I could be in the running to get in it. And then when I didn't, I was decided I wasn't expecting to be nominated or anything this year. I was, I, this year, for me personally, I felt like I hadn't done as much as I should have. So mm. it's like, oh, let me just go back to the lab and work on what I need to do and then push on next year. I was, I was expecting James, James, to show you the message. Like, I've screen, I've still got it screenshotted. I was like, you're definitely winning this year because the way Jay's kicked on and stuff like that, it's been amazing. So I was like, yeah, you, you've definitely got it and so on and so forth. But next year, I expect to see Jay there. 100%. Yeah, but I think it's I'm just, with you. I think it's sick in general. I think it's almost like, it is kind of like a draft class kind of thing because it's like... Mm anyone could get drafted. Mm. So it's like, you know a lot of people that will be drafted. So it's mm. like, you're all aware of how good everyone is. And then if some people don't get drafted, you're still cool. Like the, the journey doesn't stop. It's like a lot of players that get drafted, they're still friends with the people that didn't get drafted and they have different journeys. But it's just sick to see your people win. Like 
especially yeah. when you know how hard people work and you see them win and like sometimes it's almost like you're more happier than for people when they when they win because it's mm. like you see that journey and I think that's the sick thing about how everyone's collaborated since like lockdown and stuff like that it's just you become everyone's super fan mm. like you're aware yeah. of what everyone can do I see it as like being a part of the USA team when it's Olympics you get all these cold people around each other like everyone's supportive of each other because everyone knows how sick each other is and it's like everyone's just happy to be there like there's no competition thing it's just we go out there and have fun like and I think as creatives we enjoy what we do so when we put things out there we have fun and I think that's why I love things like the football blacklist because like we can just celebrate what each other does yeah that was that's my whole thing like especially with the the football blacklist like props props to all them man like it <clears throat> the amount of like the live stream on YouTube like there's always going to be idiots saying whatnot mm. And I found myself like saying the same thing, like, why, why, why are you so angry at it? Like, we're just we're celebrating ourselves. Like, would and in my head, I was like, would you be angry that I didn't invite you to my birthday party? You don't know me. You didn't know about yeah. this until you saw this. We <laughs> were angry that I didn't invite you to my birthday party. Like, it's okay. And it's like, well, well, we've not got our own one. Yeah. But you like, but you could create one. Like, yeah. that's okay as well. Like, if, if you want to celebrate your people, that that's cool. Like, but the and, the the, the the worrying thing is not 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 necessarily worrying, but like if they created their own one, it would be very similar to just their normal awards anyway. Yeah, it mm. wouldn't be much different. Yeah, which is why you have stuff like football blacklist because we don't have an establishment or an award ceremony that evenly acknowledges the stuff that people of color actually do. So. I don't know. I had to turn the comments off on the award show. Yeah, my girlfriend was like, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it at all. But in its its most basic form, like, especially with it being lockdown and not being able to, or not lockdown now, but obviously with COVID, like, getting out and going to events has been a bit harder. Like, I've I've seen it as, like, a massive, like, networking opportunity. Mm. Even, like, last year when I wasn't nominated, and I was still following it and all these people who were and people who won awards, like, okay, you, you sort of, you follow all of them and then it's like, then now they're part of your community. And it is just like, it's probably, I'd say probably one of the, my most successful networking like platforms to be able to, and especially like like-minded people who look like us in the same field as us. And it's like, what it's a, it's a no brainer. Like, and it's like you saying, Jay, like, you're celebrating everyone's wins, like regardless. And it's like, mm. oh, like, sick. You've won this, and you're looking back at their stuff, and you're like, you know what? You are actually sick. Like now, I'm going to watch you. Mm. And I think, I think that as like football blacklist as and always has has been super successful with that. Yeah, hundred percent. I remember saying to Jay a couple of months ago um, on my Twitter, I was going through it and stuff, and like each one of my friends was doing something different, like. But like, so Anita was on Sky Sports, for example. Jay was doing his TikTok stuff. Nancy was doing stuff with Nike. Liam, you're doing BBC, BBC Football Focus and stuff like that. Like everyone's doing different things. And it's just like, like me and Liam have never met in person, but I'm still happy for him. And like, you can do that with everyone on Twitter and stuff like the whole community that's happened during this day, during this time. It's mm. just like, your wins feel like my wins, so to speak. Like, I'm happy for you kind of thing. It's really crazy to see. And long may it continue. I always say it about um, Kyle Walker, another another mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. who won an award. 
and people used to be like because we started a journey similar sort of time and people are like oh do you does it not annoy you that he's doing this or doing that and you're not getting you're not getting the job and I'm like I was like no like how I see it is the person who does it first is breaking down the door mm-hmm. I can just sneak in now I ain't got to put all that effort in to smash the door down like the door's open I can just skip through and it's like and I don't think people appreciate enough that if if you're doing something and it's like especially like with TikTok, Jay, like when we talk about TikTok and it's like, okay, I've I've spoken to TikTok about XYZ and you're like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm like, I can give you that information. Mm. And it's so much easier if now like I'm looking for something women's football related. I know, I know, I know you're across multiple leagues. So I can just ask you. And it's like it's having supporting people and having people. It's, it's, it's like a cheat code in life. Like, yeah. Honestly, it's like a cheat code in life. And like, it costs nothing. Like, to be nice to each other and support each other costs nothing. And it, it's fully a cheat code in life. I just People think get annoyed it's... by that phrase that it costs nothing, but it, it is true. Like, this, mm-hmm. when someone does a video, like, it, it takes nothing to retweet it. Because you never know where it will go to. You never know who sees it. Like, I believe someone's always watching you. That's why, like, it's important, like, if you're putting work out, put out your best work. Because it's like, mm. someone's seen it. Whether they're important, whether they're less important. Someone thinks this is sick. Someone could learn from it. Or someone might just say, you like this. Someone's done something about this. So, And you just never know where it will go. Like, that's why it's... And it means a lot to people. Like, especially when you're on the come up or when... You might doubt yourself at times. Just someone commenting something or someone saying this is really good. It's like, it can really help a creator. So, yeah, that's the thing. Just support people. Simple as that. Boiled it down. It's, it, it is simple as that. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, transitioning again. AJ, let's, let's talk. Let's talk management. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk that. Let's talk that journey. Um, Where yeah, do I start? Cause... Um, so, really funny. Um when I was applying for universities and stuff, um, I wanted to be a lawyer, first of all, and then talking to one of my friends at Sixth Form, um, he was like, oh, this uni does sports, blah, 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 blah. So obviously I've gone to UCFB now and done sports business and sports law. So what I wanted to do when I was in my first year at uni was to go into representation. Uh, not so much so in terms of like contracts and stuff like that. It was more player welfare and Mm. public relations and then obviously as I stayed more at uni and stuff met Jay um, and then doing the podcast and stuff that we've done early days that's the kind of transition I wanted to go towards so then I've moved away from agency and then through doing what I was doing with the media stuff I then meet Drew Diamond and I said to him one of the first things I said to him when we first started talking was that he should run an agency um and then it just so happens that I end up back into that space anyway. So it's come full circle from going away from it, thinking I didn't want to do that anymore, to then going back straight into it. So um, we've only been doing it, what, what month is it now, February? It's not even been a year yet since we've actually formed as an agency. But we're going from strength to strength. Um, we're hearing a lot of good feedback, both from players and clubs, um, directors, stuff like that. Um, and that's all we're trying to do. Um, we try not to put a face to the to the agency too much because it's not about us; it's about the players. Mm. 
but obviously it's inevitable that eventually it's going to get out and stuff but we're really happy with the progress we're making and we just want to continue to build on it i read um i bought a book like might have been beginning of lockdown <clears throat> and it is like it's like a breakdown of being a footballing agent a like football mm. agent it's like it's a super basic book and like, i didn't it was it wasn't something I wanted to pursue. I just wanted to like know a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm friends with Toby and I, he he represents quite a few players. And I used to like speak to him and it's it's just I just find it like fascinating. Having working at a club, I like you sort I've only sort of deal with the players, and then it's like so I was I was like fascinated in everything they do and like and then I've got friends now who aren't wouldn't say wouldn't say representation, but like deal with their media side of things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just find it I find it a really fascinating journey. And for you to say like early on, like oh, this is what I want to do, and to then make like to ha- know the steps almost, I find that quite like quite breathtaking. Because if you said to me like what three years ago, if I went oh, I want to do this, I, I wouldn't have wouldn't have an absolute clue like what the next step was mm. i mean so, yeah, it's quite, it's admirable th- thank you for that i, I feel like though like i don't want to i don't want to paint a picture that like i've done this all perfectly and it's all worked mm. out um because obviously with a lot of things in life that's not always the case but um it's been it's been there's been lessons and stuff and with me and drew are both still learning every day drew will tell you that himself um like there's still a lot of people we rely on in terms of um advice and stuff but that's with anything um but we have taken it in our stride massively um like we have gone on leaps and bounds when we first started it was a bit touch and go at the start because we wasn't sure we didn't i think what we was a bit aware of we didn't want to step on anyone's toes because obviously we're coming into a new field and there's some people who are established already we didn't want to try and um like step on anyone's toes, offend anyone. Um, not that we was doing anything bad. It's just that when you're into a new field that you don't really know mm. and not on, you don't want to upset people by just being there. You know what I mean? So, but you just got to navigate the space exactly. We just got to make sure, and because what me and Drew are trying to create is just just beyond representation. Rep- rep- oh, I can't even get the words right now. <laughs> just beyond representing players and stuff. We want to create a culture where, for example, a big a big thing to me, and I know Jay has mentioned it as well, is um, creating pathways for young black players to get into professional clubs or even semi-professional clubs because there's a really big gap in women's football where that's allowed to progress. So we've, me and Drew have both had multiple conversations about making sure, as a representation, we do our bit to try and help that and push that forward as well. So... It's not just a situation because agents can get bad rap all the time. More so in men's football, not so much in women's football, but we have a duty of care to our players, but also the young players as well who are coming up because we're not just, it's not just AJ and Drew, it's our management team as well. What can we do for the community? And I feel like some people can forget that, just look at, oh, okay, who's the best player at the best club? Let's try and represent them and get them sponsorships. But there's a lot more to it as well. Obviously, these players are human at the end of the day as well. So you've got to take that into consideration. And the four players we have now, all great girls. Um, 
or doing their own things respectively for their community and stuff like Amber with her mental health stuff and stuff like that. Jade's doing fantastic in the WSL. Um, so it's just all about building those kind of things and not just representing someone because they're the best player available, but because they share the same mantra as myself, Andrew, at the same time. Yeah, it's the alignment of like your core values. Mm -hmm. I guess that's like really, really important for you to be able to like articulate what yours are. So hearing that is it is it's it's very refreshing, man. Like and uh, I commend the work you do, definitely. Thank you, thank you. I mean, we still got a lot of work to do. Like you'll see some more stuff coming out from us shortly. Fingers crossed. Um, we're really happy with the kind of waves we've been able to make so quickly as well um because as, as i was touching on with like stepping on people's toes you can be put in situations where people try to gatekeep and try to block opportunities and stuff like that but we've been able to um, definitely kick on a lot faster than we would have hoped to so um it's just to keep building on that and see where it takes us that's going to be my next my next question i was going to ask what, what can we see what what can we expect from you what's coming up i mean i don't know I don't want you to release anything you can't release. Um, <laughs> but, um, what, what can the people look what to chat for? Um, hopefully, I don't say nothing that Drew messages me later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if there's any, if there's anything, Jay will take it out. This, this is the beauty of it. Text him, um, him. I need to see the final edit before it goes. <laughs> um, okay, I think the best. I think the best things for me to say is just expect more players um, to join us because they believe in what we're doing. Um, mm -hmm. And to be honest, if I'm being completely honest, I've been just AJ for a second, like I'm surprised the level of players that are contacting us um, so soon. It's not that we're not, we're not doing a good job or anything. It's just we're hearing stuff about us from different people that we would never expect to hear from so soon. Um, so that's credit to Drew. Um, I can't lie. Um, obviously, James will tell you my toxic trait is that I don't like to, I like to be behind the scenes. Um, I don't like to put my face on anything. So Sterling's not even in any of my bios because I just like to keep it, I just like to keep it there and let it handle itself. But um, Drew's definitely the front runner between the two of us in terms of just like getting our names out there and putting a face to our brand and stuff. And then players can just really gravitate towards it and we kick on from there. But um, yeah, just, just keep a lookout for us because we've got some high momentum right now um, and it's not slowing down. Um, which is really fortunate for us both. Um, so, yeah, that's what I can say right now. AJ, hey thank you very much for coming on, man. Jay, as always, good to have you, bro, and people watching at home. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Peace.